Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Thanksgiving is a time for food and family. We also take stock of what we are grateful for. Things like if you're able to feast on good food and be surrounded by family. But all families aren't a blessing. They can be your greatest curse. If you don't watch your back, these happy gatherings just may kill you. First, a boring little town is a living hell, followed by a mother's fierce protection. Then, animal instinct kills. Finally, in our featured story, the truth comes from beyond the grave. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, want to hear something scary? Bloody Thanksgiving. When you're bored, it's easy to fantasize about a more exciting life. Be careful what you wish for. The excitement might kill you. Like in this story inspired by My Isa. I used to complain that my town was boring. Nothing exciting ever happened, which is why I left for college. Every year for the holidays, I'd come home for a few days to see my family especially my younger brother. I enjoyed taking nightly walks around the neighborhood in the cool autumn breeze, taking note of those who still had their jack-o'-lanterns sitting on the front porch a month after Halloween. That fateful night, my parents were at a party. My brother was doing his homework as I decided to take my stroll. There was usually a calming sense of stillness, but tonight, it felt like something was off. Walking towards the bridge over the highway a few blocks from my house, I stopped abruptly. Whipping around, I realized the lampposts were dimmed and there was an unexplained energy in the air. I hadn't even seen a car pass by on this typically busy road, not even on the highway under the bridge. It was as if the world just stopped. Feeling paranoid, I wanted to get home fast. I couldn't shake the sensation someone was following me. 
I could feel a presence. I peeked at the dark shadows of the night, sensing someone was looking back at me. But there was no evidence. Just a feeling. That was until I rounded the corner of my block. Standing at the end of the road was a seven-foot-tall figure. Its body was gray, bone-thin as if it hadn't eaten in years. Despite its size, it was bent and crooked, its spine gnarled with age. It had a faceless, skull-like head, no discernible features, yet I knew it was staring at me, waiting. I froze, too terrified to even breathe. I'd imagined these horrifying scenarios in my head a thousand times, but I wasn't prepared. The leaning figure just stood there, staring at me through its eyeless face as if it was waiting for me to run, to begin the chase. I was too terrified to close my eyes for even a second. Before I could react or move, a car backfired at the end of the street, shaking me out of the trance-like state. I finally blinked, but as soon as I did, the figure was gone. The hair stood up on the back of my neck and my stomach dropped. Where did it go? I hightailed it back to my house. Once I got inside, I broke down crying. Our parents weren't yet home and my brother wasn't sure whether I was just trying to cause excitement for what I called a boring town. Still shaken, I went to my room. Once I lay down, the adrenaline that had been coursing through my veins crashed, and I drifted off to sleep. I startled awake around midnight to a crash outside my window. Something was right there. I had to check. I started praying as I approached the window. Peeking through the blinds, my blood ran cold. It was there. It had followed me. Standing by a garbage can it had knocked over, it whipped its head in my direction. I ducked, terrified it would see me. When I peeked out the window again, it was gone. Just then, my cell pinged. A notification from the doorbell camera, front door recording in process. My heart sank as I saw my brother going outside to check on the noise, probably suspecting a raccoon. In a blind panic, I saw the creature slink away from the trash, creeping towards the door, towards my unsuspecting sibling. No. Screaming, I ran to him. He turned around confused, but it was too late. The creature lurched forward skeletal arms reaching like branches, grabbing my brother. Before I could intervene, it made one swift motion, snapping his neck instantly. Then, unceremoniously, dumping the body on the ground at my feet. I was terrified. Tears streamed down my face, imagining I was next. The creature then slowly uncoiled from its spine-bending position, and as it stood tall, a hole opened on its mouthless face, and it delivered a blood-curdling shriek into the night. 
I dropped to the ground, too scared to fight and waited for my end. But it didn't come. When I dared to look up, the creature had gone, along with my brother's corpse. They say be careful what you wish for. I'd give anything to have my old, boring life back. And my little brother. Thank you so much, Myiza, for inspiring this spine-bending tale for us. Listener, has anything ever followed you home? Have you ever brought something supernatural close to the ones you love? Tell us about it at somethingscary@snarl.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. because when it comes to getting the most out of your home you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i.com a new baby can be exhausting causing sleep deprivation maybe we're only imagining those scary scenarios but When the whole village comes to watch, our worst nightmares must be true. Like in this story inspired by The New Flopsick. Fan and Song were a young couple who lived in a rural village in Vietnam. They were thrilled to start their perfect little family, but having no refrigerator or electricity made preparing meals difficult, as well as taking care of the newborn baby. sprinkling salt in their meat to preserve it was time consuming. The couple stored it on a shelf in the backyard. One day, they noticed some was missing. Thinking an animal got to it, they moved it to a higher shelf, but the following day, more meat was gone. Exhausted from their newborn but furious about the thief, they decided to take shifts throughout the night to watch the backyard. It was the only way to find out what or who was getting into their stock. When it was Zong's turn, she saw a large shadow creep into their yard. It was bigger than any animal she'd ever seen. When the figure was caught by the moonlight, their identity was revealed. Unbelievably, the thief was the old woman who lived next door. Zong ran to wake her husband for reinforcements. Fan was just about to go outside to confront their elderly neighbor when they both watched her put a chunk of raw meat into her mouth. Zong gagged as the old woman tore into the muscle like a wild animal. Licking her lips, she devoured every last bite as the couple watched, frozen in shock. When she was done, 
She leapt over the fence as if she were young and spry. The couple was so stunned from what they just witnessed, they wondered if it was a sleep-deprived fever dream. The one thing they knew for sure was their meat was gone. The next day, the couple went to the neighbor's house and confronted the old woman's family. Of course, they didn't believe a word of what was said about their sweet old Ba. Fan and Zong knew that they had to catch her in the act again that night. It was the only way to prove what they had seen was real. At 1 a.m., the couple sat perched outside waiting for the old woman to appear. But when their baby began to cry, they both raced back into the house. Once inside, they were greeted by the most horrific scene they could ever imagine. Hunched over the crib, the old woman was feasting on the body of their baby. Her unnaturally pale face was covered in blood. She flashed an evil grin with her gnarly teeth. Zhang let out a grief-stricken scream so loud it got the attention of the entire village. By the time the people surrounded the home, the old woman was perched on top of the roof. She was no longer their neighbor. She'd been possessed by a Kwanop Chang. These demons prey on frail, dying people seeking to consume their souls and steal their bodies so as to indulge in earthly pleasures. When that happens, the sick person will appear reinvigorated, but also start to act oddly. Often, they ask for lots of food, sometimes including peculiar things such as raw blood or even living. The family had been so relieved their boss seemed to be getting better, they tried to ignore the signs. Now the villagers threw rocks at the evil creature, but no one could coax her down from the roof. Grief-stricken, Zong set fire to her home. She thought at least she could watch the baby eater burn. Then, before their eyes, the old woman transformed into her true demonic self. Tight gray skin stretched over her gaunt skull. Fangs protruded through split lips and long gangly limbs ended with bloody talons and claws. No longer resembling their beloved grandmother, the family of the old woman broke down in tears. Cackling wildly as flames ignited the house, the beast screeched as its body finally caught fire. The last thing the people heard was that blood-curdling scream and the cracking of roasting flesh. When the entire house was finally burnt to ash, all that remained of the monster was a deformed skull laying in the rubble. Thank you so much, the new Flopsick, for inspiring this tale for us. Have you ever suspected a neighbor of malice? Were the family adamant that dear old granny was completely innocent? How far would you go to prove that she wasn't? What are supposed to be the most happy times in our lives can turn tragic in an instant. Like in this story, inspired by true events relayed by Jessica Douglas. In Guatemala, 
El Cadejo can be manifested through terrible choices, sent to teach lessons the hard way, often with a swift and fatal punishment. The giant, black, dog-like creature is judge, jury, and executioner, and takes no prisoners, only souls. In the fields of Asuncion Mita, the Ordonez family were getting ready to celebrate El Dia de Acción de Gracias. Though it is different in its origin than Thanksgiving, Guatemalans spend the day harvesting their fields in order to have a feast and give thanks, similarly to America. Fifteen members of the Ordonez family set out collecting food and tilling the crops, filling their baskets full with vegetables and eggs. As the sun began to set, the women and girls headed back to the house to start the fire and prepare the table. The men and the boys did a last-minute sweep of the land, gathering the full bags of food. Anita was the only girl to stay back with her uncles, lifting her body weight in tomatoes. No one really noticed her lagging behind. Only nine, she was often forgotten about at family activities. She was struggling to keep up with her uncles as they headed toward the house. The knapsack had fallen and spilled out before her. By the time she refilled it and stood up, the rest of them were so far ahead, they couldn't even hear her shouting out to them. The sun was setting, and darkness began to fill the sky. As she pushed the sack over her tiny shoulder again, she heard what sounded like hooves behind her. She looked back to see what looked like a large, shaggy black dog she didn't recognize. It growled slightly, enough for her to want to pick up her pace a little. Anita walked on, but the dog followed. Without stopping, she tried to shush it away, but it did not listen. She sped up as she got closer to the house, knowing the family would be furious about a stray dog on their property as it could kill the chickens. Anita picked up a rock and threw it, trying to scare the animal. But she only succeeded in making it angry. The dog's eyes glowed purple, and she knew something was very wrong. Just as she was about to run, the creature stood on its hind legs, growing to ten feet tall, snarling. She noticed a chain attached to one of its deer-like hooves and let out a high-pitched scream. Her family was preparing dinner while drums were played and songs were sung. They didn't hear a thing. She ran toward the door, but just before she got to the step, the beast grabbed her by the ankle and dragged her back into the field. Anita kicked and clawed but couldn't escape. When she almost kicked herself free, the beast pulled her from the ground and wrapped its gigantic jaws around her, razor-sharp teeth piercing her tiny body. Then it ran. She screamed until she was hoarse, uselessly reaching back toward the house of the family she could just about still see through the window. They were dancing and celebrating and hadn't even noticed she was gone. As she bled out from the puncture wounds and her bones shattered from the force of its jaws, she began to fade. 
A few minutes later, the family finally realized Anita was missing, as there was a place left over at the table. They called out to her, but there was no reply. They were annoyed at first, went outside to search with flashlights, and then they saw crimson droplets leading into the field, followed by a trail of blood and gore, and then nothing. No Anita. They cried out, but were met only with silence. As they looked into the field, all the leftover crops began to die. Days, weeks, and months went by, and no matter what they did, the land was unhospitable, useless. The family began to starve, forced to find work elsewhere. Tragically, Anita was never found. They assumed an animal had gotten her, and they weren't completely wrong. El Cadejo had delivered its punishment. Make sure when you're giving thanks, you include everyone. If anyone is forgotten, maybe you'll have nothing to be thankful for. Thank you so much, Jessica Douglas, for inspiring this tale based on true events that you relate to us. Do you have an animal you love? Perhaps a dog, a cat? Have you ever considered it could be capable of a terrible evil? If that inspires a story within you, email it to us, somethingscary@snarled.com. Sometimes, no matter what you do, the truth will get out, especially if that truth needs to come from beyond the grave. Jada had been missing for a week. Everyone was distraught. She was popular, kind, an honor student. No one believed she'd just run away. The police organized search parties. Kids from school held vigils, weeping whilst lighting candles. But there was no trace of her. We were interviewed by the school, the cops, each other. Someone had to know something. Most of the senior class had been at Devon's last night. It was almost Thanksgiving, time for bonfire parties and football. Jada seemed to be having fun, dancing with the other cheerleaders, sneaking sweet kisses with her on-again, off-again, Sean. But at some point in between marshmallows and apple cider, she never made it home. I'd known her since preschool, so of course I helped with the searches, despite my parents wanting me to stay home. What if there's a serial killer out there? They asked protectively. But that was stupid. People didn't even know if Jada was actually dead. I felt the chill as I trudged through the designated area of the woods I'd been assigned by Detective DaCosta, but I just pulled my collar up over my ears. It was late November, after all. It was meant to be cold. The further I walked my patch, sifting through the leaves with the trash grabber, the more I could feel icy tendrils nipping at my body. I'd had to join the later search after school. The light was already starting to fade. I shivered, shocked that I could see my breath. Had the temperature really plummeted that much? Then, I heard the noise. 
more like a whisper, really. And at first I thought it was just the leaves or my imagination. Ludi. No, it couldn't be. I stood stock still, frozen to the spot, listening. Then right up close to my ear. Ludi. This time I screamed and ran across the leaves, dropping my grabber and flashlight, out of my area just needing to get away from that voice. I ran until my lungs felt like they might burst and then stopped to catch my breath. Paxton Woods are vast, but I don't run track, and I shouldn't have been that far from the cops, from other people. Yet when I looked up, I was alone. Panicking, I spun around, checking my surroundings. Trees, leaves, but nothing else. The sun was rapidly setting now, light fading at an alarming rate, and I had nothing with me to help. I started to head back in the direction I had presumed I'd come from when the leaves in front of me started rustling. All of a sudden, they were flying all around me, wet and slimy despite having been dry since Jada went missing, spinning and twirling as if controlled by an unseen force. They were attacking me like a swarm, dust and wet dirt stinging my eyes as I slapped my hands about trying to bat them away. Then, just from behind me, that voice again, louder this time. Ludi. My heart pounded and I sank to my knees. I screwed my eyes tight shut. This couldn't be happening. She, she was dead. I felt the cold again, daring to open my eyes just enough to see the ground around me visibly start to freeze. My teeth chattered, although whether with the chill or fear, I couldn't tell. Then, I felt it. A tap, tap on my shoulder. I squeezed my eyes tight again, muttering a silent prayer despite long ago giving up on a higher being. Tap, tap, more urgently this time. Still, I resisted. Eyes squeezed shut until, look at me, the voice boomed. I whimpered, unwillingly opening them. Terror gripped my heart as I took in the sight before me. It was Jada, or rather, what Jada had become in the week since I had killed her. She wasn't quite whole anymore, her once glowing brown skin now pale and transparent. And although she was there, her image kept flickering, like someone messing with a light switch or the tracking on an old VHS tape. It hadn't been her fault she'd struggled to pronounce her C's when we were kids, and Ludi, rather than Lucy, was all she could manage. Or because everyone thought it was cute, and the boys quickly realized Ludi rhymes with cootie. So of course, cootie Ludi and Ludi's got cooties was equally as hilarious. I could have forgiven her if that wretched nickname hadn't followed me to high school. And I would have let bygones be bygones if I hadn't sworn Sean was staring at me that night. 
If I hadn't come up to him behind the bonfire when no one else was around, my eyelashes batting, my heart pounding, and I might not have been forced to kill her if he hadn't looked right at me, smirked, and asked if I still got cooties before laughing and running back to her. I buried her body, pretty sure I'd covered all bases so no evidence could be linked back to me. But it seemed I had forgotten the most important factor. Her body might have been dead and buried, but her vengeful spirit was still very much alive. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Janine Pipe, and Sarah Lukasiewicz. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.